You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and SJ Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio and Jabberjaw Media. My name is Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. And this week, we have Miss Alexandra Amor from the band Young Thieves. Young Thieves are a new band out of New York City. Uh, They are managed by a buddy of mine, Mark Woodbridge, for Word is Bond Management. And he hooked us up together, Alexandra and I, for a pretty cool conversation I do like talking to newer bands as well as established bands, as you all know. Um, and I like to, you know, I like to get the story and, and what's going on and, and what's uh, on the horizon. So Alexandra also runs a social media company as well. They basically take a, a brand or a company and boost their social media numbers through a strategy. And, and it's, it's interesting. We talk about it on the episode. Um, so she's got a cool day job where she can do it from the road, which is the ultimate, I think, for bands first starting out, is being able to manage that money, um, but, you know, not having to go home and bartend in between tours, but being able to work on the road, whether you're doing music um, for commercials or anything like that. We've talked to a lot of people that do that, a lot of sync work and everything else. But Alexandra is a fantastic guest, and it was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun with her. Um, we'll get into it here in just a second. Let's get some business out of the way first. 
We are on PeerPleasurePodcast.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Everywhere podcasts are available, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff. And I do apologize for my voice. I am uh, catching a cold. Uh, the season is changing and uh, want to get this done before I lose my voice entirely, which may happen. It usually does. So uh, thanks for bearing with that as well. So let's talk about Rockabilia.com. Rockabilia.com has over 500,000 items in its store, all licensed from the bands, merchandise for you to purchase. Every band on this on this podcast, I'm pretty sure, has something on Rockabilia. No matter how obscure, they are pretty thorough with what they stock. So check out Rockabilia.com for 15% off your order. PC Jabberjaw is the code. Type it in at checkout and get yourself some stuff. Rockabilia.com. And without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Alexandra Amor from Young Thieves. Alexandra Amor of Young Thieves. How are you? Doing good. How about yourself? Doing excellent. Welcome to the Peer Pleasure Podcast, and uh, glad to have you all the way from New York City. Yeah, it's great to be here. <laughs> well, awesome. So you're the singer for Young Thieves, a band that's uh, up and coming and really starting to really put some stuff together. And, and uh, Mark, your manager's a good friend of mine and has been in touch with me for a long time about you guys. Um kind of shooting me little snippets of things and, and kind of teasers of things. And, and, uh, I've really liked what I've been hearing. And then the, the single just came out on, on Spotify and everywhere else. Um, that's what you want is the name of the single and it's really good. And, and that's what I hit him up right after that, uh, single came out. I was like, all right, let's do this. Cause, cause I wanted to have you on for quite a while, but I wanted to wait till there was something more out to be able to promote a little bit and, and guide people too. So, um, Amazing. yeah, so you've got a lot of things to talk about. You've got a lot of things going on, a lot of irons in the fire, but, uh, let's start at the beginning and, and kind of tell me where you grew up and, and, uh, and we'll start there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm originally from St. Petersburg, Florida, and, uh, I fell into the music industry when I was 18 
um, and started taking it more seriously, building my social platforms. At the time, I had a thousand Twitter followers, and that was a lot. So this was like the beginning of Twitter. Um, and I actually sang an introduction speech in my college class and found my manager at that point. He came up to me afterwards and said, hey, uh, my family has a label. What are you doing for spring break? And needless to say, I never came back. <laughs> so I've been rocking with music for 10 years now since that point. Wow. That's quite a uh, yeah. quite a jump there. I mean, so grew up in Florida. Uh, were you there till, till that point? Like that's when you jumped up and, and came to New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, when I, when I dropped out of college and, and signed with this indie label, I was living out of Miami uh-huh. at the 50 Biscayne downtown. And then I was also in New York and LA. Jeez. So we bounced in that little, that little triangle. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> a whirlwind. Interesting. Well, how, so, so what was your family life like? Did you come from a, uh, like a traditional family Mother, father, brothers and sisters. I mean, what is your what is your background there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I have my intermediate family. Uh, the rest of my family, like aunts, uncles, etc., are all Canadian, so they're all still in Canada. And my mom and dad are as well. But um, I have two older sisters. We're all ten years apart. I'm the baby. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I grew up with my mom, my dad, and my sister. So they, they moved to Canada. They moved to Canada later on then. Yeah, they're actually there now. Okay. But my whole life growing up, they were with me in Florida. In Florida. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what about like like middle school, high school? Like when things start to really kind of uh, sink in as far as, you know, who you're going to be or who you want to be. I mean, was it easy for you to make friends? Was it, I mean, how was your formative years as far as, you know, um, that goes like making <laughs> friends and all that? Like some people are really introverted and then completely change and some people you know, stay who they were? I mean, did, did you kind of know who you were from the beginning? I mean, I was, let's just put it this way. I was, I was a dork. I was like a straight-A student in all the different clubs, a lesbian. Um, didn't get my first kiss till I was 16. Had braces. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I, I was a golfer. I was the only girl golfer on my, my high school golf team. So I was, I mean, I was kind of a loner. loner. I had a, a few friends, but for the most part, like I was a dork growing up. Um, and I, I mean, I still look at myself as that, um, you know, like when I'm on stage, it's totally different, but I don't like to be in big crowds. Sure. Which is weird. Cause well, you think that I would love it, but, it's I, good. but I don't. A lot of people don't. I never did. Like I, I hated being in crowds, but on stage it was different because you knew who that crowd was. There was a few people on there and everyone else is out in front and you can't even really see them. So that always made yeah. it easier for me at least was was yeah i don't go to shows unless exactly. i've got like passes with side stage or, or i really don't go and stand in the crowd unless it's some crazy huge show that i happen to get tickets to and i'm like well i'm never going to see this band any other way so i'll go and deal with it but i really hate it right i'm kind of in the same boat like it's 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 funny because everyone's like have you gone to coachella have you gone to ultra and i'm like no you know i've always told myself i don't want to be there Unless I'm performing, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go and just drop acid and party in the crowd. Like if I'm going to be there, it's going to be for a purpose. Yeah. So I've, I've always been that way. But that's mainly 100%. because of the crowd aspect. Like you totally probably love to yeah. see those bands live, but that, that right. little bit of introvert 
is keeping <laughs> you from that is what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. Man, okay. I can definitely identify with that. I can definitely, I'm more of a homebody myself too. So like I, and I, I mean, if the opportunity was there, I would be, you know, less like side stage or, or playing whatever. But I mean, I would almost mm-hmm. prefer just to say, yeah, that'd be cool to go to that show and then just not go and hang out and watch TV or something. But uh yeah yeah watch it on tv exactly watch it on tv like you can stream coachella now so it's you can do you know anything you want that way but i don't know if all the festivals do that but i think that kind of feeds uh all those people that normally wouldn't go and just can sit at home and or have like a coachella watching party or whatever whenever the band you want to see is on but right right man okay so kind of starting to find and kind of a late bloomer it sounds like like and so <laughs> i'm just picturing yeah. that Katy perry video my my four-year-old watches on youtube all the time where she wakes up at that party and she's got the headgear and all that stuff and everything's going wrong and and uh yeah. that, that's what i'm picturing that braces 16 <laughs> first kiss probably awful and awkward horrible and... <laughs> the worst i think i licked his face Oh and I had braces, God. so it was just it was it was bad, you know. You licked his face. I definitely, I think so. Yeah, what? I remember running away. I ran into my house. I was mortified. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> after a date, or like just on the street, like what? yeah. It was like it was my first boyfriend. Oh God! Oh, Shout God. out to Drew Pope. We're still friends. Love him. <laughs> See, when I was in high school, it was always like you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend you didn't really do anything outside of school. Like you held hands between class and then you said, all right, see you on Monday. Like it was not yeah, no. dating or anything. This was my junior year of high school. Like he, God. you know, we, we, he had a car. So we saw a movie, you know? Oh yeah. And then the end of the night when he drops you off, like, do you kiss or do you not that moment? <laughs> yeah. And my first moment was just to be forgotten. Oh God. But <laughs> a face, a face licker. I, that's yeah, brand new. You know? That's the first time that's come yeah. up on this show. But that's if you're uh, into it. Hit me up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's part of the <laughs> VIP uh, meet and greet. Yeah. Oh God, Amazing. Mark's gonna hear this. He's gonna set all this up. He's gonna yep. make all this happen. It's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, oh, what's Lord. your what's your background? Like your heritage from from uh, from your family? Yeah. Um. So on my mom's side, Native American. And Asian, and then also my father is Ukrainian. Interesting. Yeah, a bit of a mix there. Yeah, that's fascinating. That stuff, that's what makes people great, I think, is is having uh, just an interest. I mean, just all the different pieces that go together. And it's not, it's, it's, uh, not everyone has that interesting heritage or background. It's like, yep. Parents are both Caucasian, like run of the mill kind of deal. Right. It's kind of cool to see, you know, uh, a background like that. You know, if there's a lot of different culture, you're probably raised with a lot of different amazing kinds of food uh, and traditions and things like that. I mean, did a lot of stuff mix for you with that with your parents? Did they kind of blend um, where they come from, or did they kind of just stick to what they knew in America? You know, what's funny. Yeah, they were they were extremely Americanized by the time I was born. Uh, like I, I didn't know my dad spoke French until I was 16. Uh, cause he's from Montreal and my mom's from Vancouver. Okay. But yeah, my dad speaks fluent French and I, I never knew he never growing up. He never spoke it. Wow. Yeah. There was no need to. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's um, so yeah, I, I wish I wish there was more heritage and then culture in my upbringing. But uh, no, my parents were totally Americanized. Okay. Did you try to seek that kind of stuff out on your own, or were you? I mean, I know a lot of kids don't, but uh, trying to you know find dig back through their heritage and and kind of find those traditions and different things that may strike an interest with them. Like, did you do that, or were you more you just know, kind of going with the flow? I was more go with the flow because I you know I had my mom, my dad, and my sister like my immediate family. But um, yeah, at that point, I was just being raised in America, so I never even thought of it growing up. You know, it's actually now we we all did the blood test and and we're we're seeking it now, okay. which um, I definitely want to look into more. Yeah. Now that I'm older and more aware. There's a lot of background there, a lot of things. That, yeah. To learn and, and, and you know my mom's from the Navajo tribe. Okay. So. Interesting. Maybe some future tattoos with that. Not sure. There you go. I'm itching for some. <laughs> I'm itching for some. Do you have any now? Uh, yeah, I have two small ones. Oh, okay. The cross on my wrist, and then love on my middle finger that I got with my ex-boyfriend. Okay, the the uh, relationship tattoos. <laughs> right. Oh man, I'm luckily a clean slate right now. I've, I'm 35. I'm still a clean slate. I just have not wow, found anything rare. that's stuck with me long enough to. And I'm weird with symmetry. I'm very into yeah. symmetry. So like. Uh, like when I'm doing some like a design for the show or for a t-shirt or something it's always somewhat symmetrical and I can never I would have to start in the middle and work my way out and at least either fill both arms with tattoos of different random crap to make it look symmetrical <laughs> or yeah. not at all like if I had a tattoo on my forearm on one arm and I look at myself it would bug me it, it's weird symmetry is relaxing to me like it feels right so it's all like dream catchers and things like that like stuff that you could start in the center and make the same on both sides would totally right do the trick but yeah i can't do yeah. the oh i even wear my <laughs> wedding ring is weird <laughs> the other hand doesn't have one you know like it's it's crazy perfectionist there's nothing wrong with that oh. i think that's what stopped me from getting them to be quite honest because i'm i'm, I'm the same way yeah i'm like if i get some on my arm i'm gonna need a whole sleeve and that's just my mentality. Sure. And it makes sense. It makes sense. And that's why they, you can book like six and eight hour tattoo sessions and just say, yeah, do whatever you want. Just tie everything together. <laughs> yeah. right. I have a few friends that have done that. And literally they'll just go. They've got like two big pieces and they're like, yeah, just fill the rest of the arm in with waves or something. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they just put waves on there or yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's just absolutely nuts. But anyway. <laughs> moving on from from that so but, but you said you you got into music you know when you were 18 right that's what you were saying where i mean uh, professionally what yeah. were you listening to in high school like you're you're 28 oh, then yeah i'm 28 okay um or, i'm turning 28 this year okay but um in high school you know i grew up with country music really? but also i was from florida and i wakeboard and i surf so also a lot of reggae um, and then my parents, you know, my mom's about to turn 70. So she introduced me to like the Shangri-Las and Leslie Gore and Aretha Franklin and all the classic oldies. Uh -huh. Um, so I had an appreciation for a well-rounded group of music. Um, and then my first concert was My Chemical Romance, which is totally different from everything I just said. And I had a huge crush on Gerard Way. <laughs> like that was my first girl crush, you know? 
Wow. So, yeah, I'm just kind of all over the place, you know. It's my mood. Maybe I'm bipolar. I don't know what that says about me, but I definitely have an appreciation for different elements of every genre. That's so important. So important. And the yeah. fact that you found that young is amazing. Most people, it seems like they listen to one, like they get into one thing and one groove, you know, like just punk rock all their teenage years. And then wait a minute, there's blues and, and everything else. And then they start right. to discover it, which is a fine, whole new but, world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no uh, it, it, I don't, I can't tell if it's more effective in your formative years or once you're older and can really appreciate, have finances and can dig into collections and discographies. I can't tell what's more important, but I, I would feel like that as you're developing your so, your musical identity, it's going to be far more useful to you to have those influences. Like Oh, 100%. Did you? And that's what makes this band so special now. Yeah. You know, my, my, my band is, has a rock history. Mm-hmm. You know, like our drummer first fell in love with Blink-182, and that's what got him into to, to drumming and then me you know i'm country soul and now this whole project is electro pop dance indie mm-hmm. and even though this wasn't like our first choice of music we all have such an appreciation for music in general that the music we're creating is so true to who we are now yeah it's just amazing how it's evolved but we still have elements of these different genres in it which makes it so special so when you hear our, our music you know, um, on Spotify, it's recorded in the studio, but then it's totally different when it's live because we hold out the endings, you know, Andrew's shredding on the guitar, Dima's going in on the piano, and then I'm ad-libbing. So it just makes it so much more special to see it live. Sure. But, um, yeah, we've definitely had a long road, each one of us in this industry. That's interesting. I mean, and definitely live. I agree with you there. Like I think any band almost is, is, better better live at least i mean it's yeah. in, in any way you look at it because they either show that they're not as good as they were presenting to you with all the studio tricks and that's good mm-hmm. they, they are being honest at that point or they're really good yeah. at bringing that on stage live and fooling everyone still or they're genuinely yeah. just better live like it's just a better experience i think but um yeah i i see what you're saying there with it the, and i have not seen you guys live so that's something I definitely want to do when you guys get over here to the to the West Coast because I don't travel to the East Coast very often, but um, is see you guys live and see that. I mean, because what Marcus sent me is like little snippets of stuff, and then he sent me the single right before it came out. But he's holding everything else mm-hmm. back. I will admit that he is not. I've asked him several times, like, dude, come on, just send me some more stuff. He's like, no, we're just pushing the single right now. And uh, usually he'll send me out, just ask for something, he'll send it. But this one, he's being, he's very, you guys are very special to him. Um, you know, and, and not saying anything about the Aww. other bands, but he's very <laughs> proud of what you guys are doing and excited about it. And I mean, it's 90% of what we talk about when we're talking music is Young yeah. Thieves. And that's why I was so interested. Cause I was like, man, he's really pushing this band. And then he sent me that stuff. And I was like, man, these guys can play, you know? And, and yeah. that was what R- actually, R- really special. I'm I'm stoked to hear the whole thing because he yeah he's really playing hard to get with that. I think he's doing it on purpose because he knows it's going to pique my interest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's doing his job. Yeah, exactly. Go Marl. Well, you we call him Marl. Marl. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I can get on board with that. 
<laughs> Please do. Please I will. do. He'll laugh. I'll text him later tonight and call him Marl. <laughs> he's a he's a good dude, and I, you guys are in good hands. He's really he's just a special guy, and and that's why I I really uh, when I'm into something that he's working with, uh, I'm really on board with it too because I know how he is, and and when he's excited about something, it's it's genuine. So. There's a lot of managers yeah. out there that aren't that way. He's very different no, from most. He's, he's been phenomenal. He he puts his heart into it. Yeah. You know, everyone everyone on our team right now is putting all their heart and passion into it. So it's, it's it's beautiful. I've never been with a team that's just that cares so much. Yeah. And believes in the project so much. So it's it's this is the most seamless ride I've been on so far. You know. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm enjoying every moment with the the band and Mark and everyone that's on the team. Okay, and that so going from that, you're you're turning eighteen, getting into music professionally. What mm-hmm. were the first kind of uh, inklings of music bands that you started, uh, you know, branching out into? Did you play an instrument, or are you just a singer? Are you talking about now or when I was eighteen? When you were eighteen, like how you got got into music oh. professionally, like kind of that that yeah. journey to where you are now. So um, I I self-taught on piano and guitar okay and that's how i write and i write um you know predominantly most of the music that i that i'm singing unless i'm co-writing you know um but yeah i like to be a part of the creative process because i don't believe in performing something that somebody else wrote Mm -hmm. because i can't authentically passionately sing about it unless Mm -hmm. you know i relate to it which makes sense right oh absolutely um but yeah, so I've I've always been a part of the creative process, and then you know a little bit of guitar and piano. Okay. Which yeah, which helps the the writing process because I, I like it simplified. I can't write to this track that has all these crazy elements, and you know I can't even think. Sure. So yeah. I like to really string it down to just like one one chord. Okay. And well, I mean, self taught too. You you run into technique flaws and uh, things like that that tend to make you more creative i think as a player i mean Jimi hendrix you know teaching himself how to play upside down and and backwards i mean <laughs> if you listen to anyone else play it it doesn't sound right because they're not playing the the i hate to say it but like the sloppy kind of way that he f- figured it out makes him sound right. how he does so you yeah. you get some guitar teacher to that raw rip passion. Out. Yeah, exactly. It translates through what they're doing, and, and but being self taught, you you really almost learning the wrong way, but hearing it right can really right. add to some creative spark. That I, I a lot of my favorite musicians are are self taught just for that reason. It, it's it's unique. You know, you, you give yeah. someone something and just say, "Hey, figure this out and find what you like." <laughs> versus this is what people like and i'm going to teach you all these songs that people loved it's exactly. a little, little different but yeah you're creating your own life exactly well you also uh you know aside from music too you're you're running a company about for social media right you're doing like a uh almost like a I consulting am. thing for social media <laughs> platforms and and companies and things like that right yeah, you know, I, I've always done it for myself. I, I learned from the best marketers. And then I was working for a marketing company back in St. Pete. And when I moved to New York, I was I was doing three different jobs, but one of them was social media for like 17 an hour. Um, so I just decided, you know, why not take this on and take all of my 10 plus years of experience 
and really make money, you know, because there's a lot of money being made in this city. Um, and it's been going really, really well. Um, so we do social media branding, uh, social uh, marketing influencers, campaigns, uh, logo design, website design. And then we're also opening a content creation division, which I'm working out right now. So, so yeah. And it's everything that- I could do on my computer. So it's, it's awesome. You can do it from anywhere in the world. <laughs> exactly. So you have the advantage of being able to tour and do your job and make money and not have to eat top ramen noodles for the rest of your life. I mean, yes, and that was the goal. That was the goal. Seventeen an hour in New York City would get you ramen noodles, <laughs> pretty much. Right. It seems like like so. Explain yeah, this nothing. to me a little bit more because it's fascinating. The whole social media thing is fascinating to me because I don't, I don't push any of my socials very hard because I just don't understand it. Like the people at the network have all these cross posting and algorithms and things where they send me kind of the mm-hmm. cookie cutter like all right, this is all you have to do. Press this button and press this button. I don't know how it works. But, I mean, there's people out there that have half a million Twitter followers or Instagram followers that all they do is post pictures of themselves doing things. Like uh, uh, there's one here in Portland that's this chick. She's all tattooed up, and, you know, she, she's got lingerie coming from here. She's got T-shirts coming from here. Uh, driving in the car, singing along to the radio, and there's half a million people that subscribe to it. Like, what? Right. Where do you fall with the social media thing? Like, you said you were pushing your to start. With... Yeah, well, my music, you know, so okay. all my social platforms that I used to push. Um, but no, with this company, we're working with other companies, so okay. like catering services, clothing services, matchmaking services. Um, gay activists, LGBT activists, um, to just different, different brands. And we're pushing a product. So it's a little different than a girl that's just hot. Okay. You know? Yeah. But what I mean is, it's totally different. Do you, uh, get involved with influencers like that to then say, Hey, we're now working with this company. Do you mind saying something oh, about yeah. them? Like, do you use them as a tool mm-hmm. for you? Okay. 100%. If it's, if it's their niche, it, you know, it has to be on brand. Okay. But yeah, 100%. So you guys sit down, a company comes to you uh, and says, hey, we need help pushing our social media platforms to the next level. And then you guys would develop a plan pretty much for them. And they would say, okay, we're on board with this vision. And then you implement that plan through your staff. It's kind of what happens. That's what I'm gathering from this, right? Yep. Okay. And so, I mean, what kind of, what does it take to take a, a catering business in New York with uh, 250 followers on Instagram or Twitter or whatever to bring mm-hmm. them to a level they want to be? I mean, what, what goes into that? I mean, when you take a project like that on, what goes through yeah. your mind? What What's kind of your process there? I'm really interested in that because that's a, a well, fascinating. Basically, I try to leverage them uh, um, above all of their competitors. So that's one aspect, okay. you know, I, I, I pull from, from that fan base, but then we also go to who would want their services and we pull from that niche of followers. And actually, uh, the company that I was working with, they went from five to 15 million from a recommendation and a client that they took on, uh, based off a rec- recommendation from their Instagram while I was working with them. Oh my God. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's proven like proof is in the pudding. And then also a uh, career coach that I was working with. You know, she's gotten three new clients through uh-huh. working with me, and that's five grand a client. So 
it's, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, it's, it's definitely relevant to this day and age. And I think Instagram is one of the best ways to market unless you're doing, uh, $100,000 Facebook ad campaign, which is something that I don't do, okay. you know, that I'm not going to play with that much money for t- with a company when I don't specialize in that. Sure. But that also is th- the other like best quote unquote way to mm-hmm. pull new clients and create new leads. Okay. And then you guys are constantly fighting the these the algorithms that they keep changing. I'm sorry? You guys are constantly fighting these algorithms they keep changing, right? Where the, like, yeah. so you don't see a post for like two days or something like that and it's out of order. And, and uh, I know that's been throwing people into a, a tizzy fit about Instagram. But, um, I mean, you guys have all that to fight against as well when you're trying to implement plans you have in place that have worked in the past. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. you're constantly having to think on your feet and, and evolve. That's right. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah. And then job. with music alongside it's, it's been, you know, it's been a little hectic. Sure. But then uh, you know been, how we've been to, extremely busy this past year. So you're very, very, probably very vocal in how young thieves is getting marketed and, and presented to the world, right? Because you, you understand that side of it. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. This 
is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Yeah. And you know, who's been really, really good with, with our, with our socials. Andrew, I mean, I, I can't take all the credit for that. Andrew's been awesome with uh, scheduling the the imagery of our posts. Like, he's been on it. Okay, so he's like like time of day stuff where you know you get more. Yeah. I remember Colin from one of my first guests on the show, like episode eight or something. That was Colin, my buddy from Circus Survive, and uh, I was like, hey, here's the links to post. You know about the episode. He's like, okay, I'll post it tomorrow at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, uh, okay, and he's like. No, trust me, like that's when people see our stuff like and he knew just being in the band and, and kind of I mean, they all have control of their their socials, but he knew like time. of day. I never thought of that stuff. 
time of day or a day of the week to post? And do you post every day? Do you post? I mean, all that stuff. I never thought about it until that point. I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Here I am posting stuff at 2 a.m. when I'm awake <laughs> randomly like, oh, crap, I, sh- I should have put out the new episode image or teaser. I'll post it now and it it does whatever it does and that's it. So, I mean, it's, it's, this stuff fascinates me because it's the way the world. Yeah. There's a million different factors. Yeah. It's, it's it's a 24 seven job. Yeah. But you enjoy it. It really is. Yeah. I mean, but then you're also, it's it's a little, (laughs) just so many cool things you're doing right now. I'm stoked. Because yeah, man, we're, we're busy. I love seeing this because you got, I mean, you're in the right spot. People fight so hard to be in a band and have a job they can do from the road. That's not a bartending gig when they're home or, uh, there's a few people I've had on that do like commercials. So they'll sit in the mm-hmm. van on a laptop and make a Ford commercial, uh, sync and send that off with never put their name on it. And just some total douchey, like. Uh, rock riff that that they throw out there that they're like yes that's amazing and give them all this money <laughs> but you've really kind of dug in dug yourself into a really interesting spot and a spot you could say music doesn't work out or music does work out either way you can still keep up with what you're doing and be as as present as you want to be i mean that's right that's be stable you're Have going about it the head. right way yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, mean, it, I definitely, you know, it wasn't working before. Like, I yeah, I had to work three jobs just to stay in my apartment and have food uh, on the table when I was living in LA. And you know, I just decided I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I changed it. You know, well, you have go. to you have to step outside of the vicious circle and you know look at your life and say, what can I do different? Exactly. How can I do this better? And uh, just do it. I can't tell you how many people part. would never do that. <laughs> How many people right. will never the, the do that? The hardest part is just taking the first step forward to, to making it happen. And once you do, just put it in the universe. There's going to be so many doors that open. And you're saying, wow, I should have done this five years ago. Man. And so with what you're doing, I mean, both music and professionally in, in business, uh, and I hate asking this question because it seems cheesy, but it's I think it's very relevant still, which is awful. But being a woman in music, being a woman in business, have you run yeah. into roadblocks or maybe some unique situations that maybe helped because of that, like the opposite end of the spectrum? I mean, it's something that shouldn't be an issue, but it, it really is still, I think, just along with all yeah. everything else, every other uh, uh, stereotype and every other, you know, everyone's got their mind made up, it seems like, before they even talk to somebody. and. I mean, what what have you run into on your experience? I mean, you know, I've I've definitely had to overcome a lot of hurdles being a woman in the music industry. Um, just being put down verbally in general, like the first three years, it was my first team. It was constant, everyday basis until I I couldn't do it anymore. Being you know. Put down. Um, Oh, 100%. Like what? Just, like from your team? Oh, yeah, from from my own team. Well, I mean, if it's, I think it's a thing like just, just beating someone down so you can control them, you know, like just them okay. wanting to be in control. Um, which I was 18, so, you know, I I was learning. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity because now I feel like I'm untouchable. You know, I already mm-hmm. went through the ringer and I paid my dues. And I'm still here, you know, yeah. and uh, it made me the, the strong woman that I am today. And, and with my business, the more social, I haven't encountered any roadblocks. 
Um, and I think it's just because I handle myself a lot differently than I did. Yeah. You know, obviously eight years ago. And sure. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately it's out there being a woman is hard, especially in the music industry. Yeah. You know, you're looked at as a, as a piece of meat until you're proven your worth. But, uh, sure. yeah, the, the best advice I could say to anyone going through that is just to keep going, you know? Yeah. Learn when, when it's important to say something back and stand up for yourself and when to walk away and just always constantly grow from it and don't let it let it depress you or don't let it get in your head, you know? No, it's not you, it's them. Sure. And have an understanding. And, and I think that's what brings a peace of mind. And that's great. To, and, and because you eventually, the you get the power. Like, you get the, the pull yeah. and the the, the yeah, Nothing can, can hurt you from that point, yeah. Sure. Something clicks. Yeah, like, I mean, if... if it's same thing like it's if you look at like so like james hetfield from metallica like he wants a he wants a fucking cup of coffee he just asks for it and it's there right like you're surrounded mm -hmm. by he's developed this power which is the same thing like taylor swift like god i want a cup of tea bam someone's literally running it to them like that you get that power that that corrupts everything right but but the journey to that what you what you deal with and you know the the time it takes you to get there and then how you grow mm -hmm. from it I mean, you, you have a really yeah. good grasp on who you are, where you want to go, and what you're capable of, and it's 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 very Thank inspiring you. because, you know, a lot of times talking to people in music, sometimes people are just really good at music and awful at everything else. You know, like they yeah. they've destroyed their lives with drugs, they've destroyed their lives with you know whatever, or. Right, right. I mean, and not everyone's, you know, the most well-spoken person in the music business. I mean, you'll talk to somebody who's <laughs> influenced some massive bands, but they can barely hold a conversation. And that's no fault of theirs, right. but it's nice to talk to someone that's, you know, as well-spoken and just focused and driven. I, it's so inspiring to me. I get really excited in conversations Thank like you. this because it's... It's, it's like, nice to talk to you too, dude. There's hope out there, you know? <laughs> Yeah, 100%, always. Male, female, whatever. It's, it's just refreshing to talk to somebody that's that's as put together and inspiring, you know? And that's I think that's going to really yeah. draw people to what you're doing with Young Thieves, what you're doing with your business. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're you're in a really good spot. You've got a good team like we were talking about. And, uh, I mean, all I can say, though, is I've only heard the damn single and not the EP. So I can't even speak to the EP yet. And man, it, I'm just, I, it gets better. Like, um, I told you how I listened to your interview with the Under Oath, and um, it's funny because for, with the EP, we also worked with Matthew Squire and Eric Taft. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like, Matt's amazing, and co-writing with him, which is so special. And I can't wait for everyone to hear the songs we created. <laughs> So did you do co-writes really across the whole EP or did you guys come in with material and, and uh, do a couple co-writes? Like how did that writing process go? Yeah, no, there was, there was a few songs that we came in with, you know, it was a process of elimination. And then we had other songs that we co-wrote, you know, with Andy Tongren from Young Rising Suns, Johnny Fung from American Authors, and then Matt and Eric, that was a whole other session. Um, but yeah, most of them are co-written co and I think there's one or two that we came in with that, Okay. Didn't really need any fixing up, you know. It was just it was special. That magic from the get -go. was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's funny because that's when 
that's how I met these guys. Like I was getting out of a two year management contract, just moved here from LA and then the boys were just getting rid of their lead singer from, from their old band. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I called Mark. I was like, Hey, what's up? My contract's over. What, what are we doing? And he was like, Oh, I have this band. You want to go to Philly tomorrow and cut a demo? I was like, hell yeah. The next day I'm on a bus. I meet the band for the first time and I cut, you know, another single in, in their living room. And that one is also on the EP and it's super special. So, okay. um, yeah, it's just, it was organic from the beginning. Okay. It's, and you're working with some good names in music. I mean, and, and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's another awesome thing is being able to take from that experience and just glean these, these different things and see how people work and see how they function and what works and what doesn't. I mean, yeah, you're getting a lot of that right now, which is, which is awesome. And, and, uh, you can definitely hear it. I mean, the, the single is awesome. I mean, it's, and it has, it seems Thank like you. there was a vision there. And I want to talk a little bit about the video because the video, yeah. all, I, the first time I watched it, I was like, man, this is all one shot. This is cool. We, yeah. It almost just follows you around. There's a movie that came out, and I don't remember what it's called, but it was famous for being literally one shot, the entire movie. And it all played out. Uh, it wasn't like a the live um, remakes they're doing of like Christmas Story and stuff, but it was literally mm-hmm. one shot through this giant house, and it was this like house party but it was in some like older era anyway i was fascinated by that and then all of a sudden like as i'm thinking man this whole video is going to be one shot it seems like it switched right there into the guitar solo mm-hmm. and then i was like yeah. okay two shots fine okay no is- it, it was it was still one shot because the music would stop i'd have to pause and then someone would switch the black light and then we keep going really okay. yeah so it was literally all one shot and, and it took like the black light scene we took elements from the San Junipero from Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you saw the episode, but they have like this 80s flashback. And um, we took from their lighting. Like that, okay. that was the inspiration. And the camera so, tricks and stuff with the like old VHS tape uh, kind of uh, oh, yeah. tracking and everything else. And then, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. So all most of it. So you had an idea of what you wanted to do, the basic treatment for okay, you know, we're going to end up in this room doing this, or was it literally, I'm going to dance Oh, no, we house. rehearsed it. We okay. rehearsed it. Q, 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 five times, and then we recut it, like, ten times all the way through. Oh, my God. And um, the last time we did it, you know, was what we ended up, that's the video, the last take that we did. Okay. For that night, yeah. And for people um, listening that have not seen the video, it's it's really cool where it starts out with that kind of tracking and it actually says the band name. Um, and then, but like the clothes are total 80s. It's like this 80s weird kind of house party where there's not a ton yeah. of people and you're starting out on the couch and you're talking to somebody and then you look down. You're talking to Dima. Okay. And you, and you lock down, you look down and then start singing along to the song, but then you go in and out. So, like, yeah. In and out of the shots, in and out of singing to where you're dancing with this girl and kind of like just mm-hmm. circling each other and circling each other and circling each other. And then you're gone and then guitar solo. I mean, it's it's really cool. Like, it's just really cool. But then it goes from blacklight to, to standard light to blacklight. And when you goes to blacklight, like you have all this blacklight makeup on that sh- shines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the walls, there's like these splatters and everything else. Like, it's really it's, you got to check out the video if you're listening and not uh, 
I'm not knowing. Yeah, what and it's really about. cool because it's kind of like the typical night. I mean, besides all the '80s clothes, it's a typical night if you go out with like me and a band. Like Dima and I will be talking on the couch, talking about what we're gonna drink, and then we're hitting on the same girl. You know, Johnny's just making everyone laugh. Johnny's the drummer that's moonwalking in the video, and then <laughs> Andrew's just trading on his guitar. You know, like in his own world, like just being awesome. Yeah. And it's just like that's what you could expect if you hang out with us. So it's just, it's very true to who we are, which I like because everyone's personalities shine. Sure. And it fits well together. I mean, it's it's yeah. a good watch. Yeah. Like I watched it. He sent that to me too right before it came it's out. I think he's giving me stuff a little bit early, but not too early. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was really cool to see. And, and I like the, the transition from blacklight to, to standard and then the fact that it's one shot. Like I, I was fooled. Yeah. I was fooled when it switched to the guitar solo. I was like, man, this is really, right? yeah, you got me. <laughs> yeah. And this is all, um, Ian Fursa, the director, he was phenomenal. He had this whole vision. So, uh, shout out to Ian. There you go. Okay. And uh, yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit too, cause it's also very big in the, in where we are coming to and hopefully eventually we'll get to as a country, but I've been, you know, doing some research for the interview and stuff like that today. Like I was uh, not today, but the, over the last week, um, I've seen stuff you've done for some LGBTQ or LGBTQ, uh, places and magazines mm-hmm. and things like that. How, how did that become a passion of yours to, to be involved with that community? Um, I mean, are you are you a part of that community? Is is is? Yeah, I mean, I I identify as a bi woman. I like oh, you do? Men, okay. woman. I'm you know, love is love. Um, but then I also one of my clients is an LGBT activist, um, actively banning conversion therapy in different states. Matthew Sherka, and he really inspired me too to get involved. Okay. Um, just seeing him through his work, he's so passionate, and he you know he's almost beaten to death by a bully in his hometown for being gay. And um, he's a conversion therapy survivor. So just hearing his story and working with him personally really amped me to be involved, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely want to spread the message that love is love and just be a positive advocate for that in any way that I can. Oh, I agree with you 100% on that. And it's it's also refreshing because I work, like right now, day job-wise, I work in construction. So I am surrounded constantly by people that, you know, hunt and fish, which I have no problem mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff. I grew up in Alaska fishing with my dad, never was a hunter. Um, and I'm not a, a vegetarian by any means, but <laughs> I don't, I don't mind that kind of stuff, but the guns and the, I mean, when someone has a conversation about, uh, like, uh, the other week we had a conversation at work. Um, someone was talking about their, their aunt or their, or their aunt or their sister. I don't remember, uh, had two boys. And both of them turned out to be gay. And oh, wow. that was immediately followed with, and she disowned them because, yeah, that's gross. Wow. Like that it, yeah. in 2018, that is what it's was It's crazy said how common it that. still is. Yeah. It's insane. It's brutal. It's insane. It's brutal. Yeah. And watching friends of mine go through that kind of harassment and just, I mean, the fact that it's looked at differently at all is, is really strange to me. And uh, I mean, I almost said back, I was like, yeah. Are, are you hanging out, like, watching things happen? Like, you would go to your neighbor's house that were straight and watch what they're doing after hours? Like, no. Right, right. How does it even affect you, you know? Like, the right. reason I bring even bring it up as a subject on the show is because I think it's important that it, it stops becoming, like, a, you know, tolerating it issue, and it just becomes accepted. 
you know, people are like talking about having yeah. tolerance for it, but I think tolerance just means you're putting up with like, it's, it's weird. It's a weird topic to get into because yeah. I mean, there's I still work you. to be done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but that's something you're yeah. passionate about. And, and I mean, your family, like, have you told your family about this and they were supportive? Uh, was it something like, how do they view the LGBTQ community as far as, you like, know, my parents are pretty traditional. Okay. Um, but ultimately I know that they would be happy for me no matter what, which yeah. is amazing, you know, cause like my mom and dad are 70 yeah. this year. So, yeah. you, you know, they grew up with old fashioned views, um, Catholic, oh, you know, okay. so, yeah. but they, they still, they're open-minded to the point where, you know, they just want me to be happy. And I think that's most important. Good. Good, and that's yeah. something that I breaks my heart when I hear parents disowning children or just shutting them out of their life because of something like that. It's yeah. just absolutely it's just silly. It's silly yeah. because it, it just doesn't make any sense. And maybe I come from uh, a more progressive era, which I really don't. I grew up in a Mormon household, <laughs> and my oh, parents wow. talk the same way about it. Like, oh, it's always followed by, uh, oh man, there's this guy at work today that did this. He was a black guy. And they just throw that in there or he's gay. Right, and, right. Like you have to right. know like, okay, I'm going to tell a story and here's what happened. But first he's gay. And then back into, so they even <laughs> drop their voice. They say like, oh man. And then this, and he's a black guy. And, uh, and then they continue. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I just start laughing. I'm like, you don't even need to finish. Like I, I I'm over it now. <laughs> but exactly. I don't know where I where I went along the way that strayed away from their path as far as you know how I feel about that stuff and and just you know, you are who you are if you're not hurting anybody who cares you know like right. and there's yeah. uh if you if you have time I would if if you are listening to the podcast I would go back and listen to the episode with Brian Cook from uh, Russian Circles um, and Botch and and all those band uh, Sumac we had a really good conversation um, about, you know, things he's gone through in that community and, and uh, you know, his message to people that are struggling with that, as well as Adam Fisher from Fear Before the March of Flames. He had a, a story about, and he came out to his dad, and he, he called him on the phone from L.A., and his dad lives yeah. in Denver. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with either of these guys, but... Adam, and, and I told this story too on on uh, Brian's episode. But Adam called his dad, and his dad's out, you know, working in the yard or whatever. And he's like, "Dad, I need to tell you something. Like, I need to I need to talk to you." And he's like, "Yeah, what's going on?" And uh, he's like, uh, "Dad, I'm I'm gay." And there was no uh, no si like no sound at all. And he's like, "Dad, Dad, are you are you okay? Are, dad, say something." And his dad's like, "No." no and he's like oh no he's he's just got that sinking feeling like he oh no my dad's pissed whatever and uh he's like well and his dad's like wait what did you say i didn't hear you i was in the yard and so that whole <laughs> moment that moment that build up and doing it wasn't even heard and then completely wrong place wrong time hits him with that and then uh he, and he told him again he's like oh yeah sure son whatever makes you happy <laughs> Oh my gosh! Complete like pins and needles, oh, horrifying. Horrible timing, yeah. And then no, son, it's cool. Absolutely yeah. hilarious story at the end. But anyway, yeah, I'm rambling about this stuff. But uh, 
I I mean, do you have advice for people that are struggling with their identity as far? I mean, because there's so many people that seem to be really struggling to to be vocal about things and like they don't need to be vocal anyways if they don't want to be, but to right. be happy and and feel like they're you know representing and to live themselves. their lives as, as themselves. You know, it, it would suck to live behind a mask every day. Absolutely. You know, and I'm not talking about wearing a suit to work and not being able to wear your, you know, Friday jeans, but really hiding who you are as a person, you know, because it's, it's beautiful. So, yeah, I would I would love to see the world one day, everyone just being their best selves yeah. every day. A few more years, we might get there. I, we just have so many things going the opposite direction of that. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I hope I hope to see it, you know, in my near lifetime not my lifetime but in the near future like now but uh yeah i mean that's a that's an interesting side to what you're doing too where i mean you're just all over the place like you got so many things going that's what was so interesting when i was prepping for this interview was was just seeing how <laughs> many things you have your hands in like it's just it's it's fascinating but yeah well what's next for young thieves i mean the ep is going to be coming out have you guys been talking to labels and and all that business Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a lot of big updates coming soon. I promise that. Okay. Well, this is going to come out in May, so I'm not sure what's happening between now and then, but uh, this may be a look backwards for, for a few people once every, everything's happening, you know, in the next couple weeks. But um, mm-hmm. what's what's next for you guys after that? Are you hitting the road? Uh, are you hitting the studio uh, yeah. again? Like, what do you guys have coming up? Yeah, I mean, we're signed with uh, APA for our agent, uh-huh. so... They're working on a tour, and uh, that's the next step. And once we have that tour, the EP will be released. Like we're just we're we're ready to go. So are you coming to the West Coast? Of, like, possibly there was an update with with a West Coast tour availability. Okay. So that might be happening sooner than later. Um, you know, we're just waiting to solidify everything, and then once the tour is there, a lot of new music is coming your way. Man, some pretty big up. Some pretty big announcements. So we're we're all anxious to let the world know everything that's going on. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming soon. I think you promised. Good. Coming okay. Soon. That's fantastic. I I really want to see you guys I'll meet you guys for one, and then see you yeah. guys live. And and uh, we'll definitely be coming out to Portland. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, <laughs> is there anything else you want to put out there for for fans of what you're doing for my listenership? Um, you know, anything you want to put out there as, as far as advice for for women in music, uh, LGBTQ, or, or anything? Anything, any final thoughts, I guess? Mm, to sum up this interview, hmm. well, I would just say, you know, woman or, or not, just being a band in this industry, if, uh, if this is what you love, identify with what your goal is and, and, and keep pushing until you get it. You know, I think it's important that because everyone has their own definition of success. But as a band, if you if you guys all decide what that is uh, early on, you're going to be uh, getting reaching that goal a lot quicker. But really, uh, pointing out what those goals are is is super important. You have to put it into the universe and just just keep going until you get it. You know, it took me ten years to find the band of my dreams. So it's never overnight, and there's a lot of no's. You get a million no's, but it, all it takes is one yes. So, fantastic. Always important to remember that. That is yeah. great advice. Great advice, and and you know, well earned advice. Um, and 
Uh, one other thing I got to say is the logo is awesome. The the young. Oh, can logo. I tell you how that was created? You absolutely can. That I saw that in oh the video. Oh my god, it was made was by like, mistake. What? <laughs> Ian Fursa put it on Andrew's guitar so that it would light up. Uh huh. So he made like a Y and T, and then you know Mark was like, "Hey, that's pretty cool," and I was like, "That looks retarded," and everyone was like, "Oh no, it's awesome!" Like I don't see it, and we ended up sending it to our graphic designer. And it looks pretty freaking sweet. So, yeah, now that's, that's our logo. Thanks, Ian. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so it was made during accents. the What You Want music video. Okay. Yeah. Everything's By just du- organically happening here. It was duct tape? <laughs> yeah, it was duct tape on a guitar. Oh, my God. Blue duct tape. Yeah. So it would light up in the in the black light. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hey, I noticed the logo on the guitar in the video, but I noticed it at the beginning. The first thing, it kind of, it kind of like cuts in and out, and it's got that logo and the. Uh, that's one thing I was like, that's an interesting logo. Like I'd never seen anything. I'd seen like the name written out and pictures and things like that, but never just the symbol. Basically, that's yeah. Gonna, that's now we're, we're pretty forever. stoked. Yeah, I can't wait to have. I mean, once we book our first tour, I'm getting it tattooed behind my ear. Okay. So. It, that's happening for sure. We were, we were all just in Miami, and uh, we were going to do it, but then we decided to wait for the first tour. <laughs> it's premature to get it now. Sure, <laughs> sure. That's genius. That's gonna be that's gonna be hilarious. Twenty years from now, that logo is still gonna be there, and and uh, we'll mm-hmm. have to chat about this again because <laughs> it just starts yeah. out as just a mistake. That was right? yeah, that's genius. Like me, I was a mistake, but you know, good things come. There you go. Good things happen. There you go. Well, Alexandra Amore, <laughs> is that your real name, by the way? Yeah, yes, it is. Interesting. I've never seen that last Love. name in my life. Yeah, thank you, Daddy. There you go. Fantastic. All right, Alexandra Amore, thanks for coming on the Peer Pleasure Podcast. Young Thieves is the band. And where can they find your uh, your company for socials if, if, say, there's people out there that are looking for that? AmoreSocialMedia.com Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Dewey. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Alexandra Amore from Young Thieves. There is a lot of stuff to check out on this episode in this conversation, a lot of things to look into and and check out. Young Thieves have an EP coming out shortly, and uh, I've got the chance to hear it finally. I know on the episode we talked about I hadn't heard it yet, but uh, Mark sent it over to me, and it is really good. So I think these guys are going to go really far. Uh, it was really fun to chat with her, especially early on in Young Thieves' career and later on, of course, in her musical career. But uh, Alexandra is just uh, you know a special person and uh, had a great time chatting with her. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to that conversation as well. Uh, feel free to reach out to me at peerpleasurepod at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, or anything like that, guest ideas or just want to catch up. I definitely appreciate getting those emails every week and try to respond to everybody, but I am incredibly busy and sometimes I can't do that uh, in a timely fashion. I do uh, definitely apologize if I have not gotten back to you in a, in a timely fashion. I have so many irons in the fire, it's insane. But anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there, but uh, appreciate having you guys week after week. Really, really appreciate it. The numbers are growing every week by leaps and bounds which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, last week we had Brian from Corn on the episode. Uh, if you did not check that out, check it out. And next week we've got another awesome guest, an old friend of mine uh, from back in the day who just released a new record with his band. And uh, 
man i guess i won't tell you who it is yet but it's a big one and uh, you guys are going to be stoked he does not do a lot of interviews and he does not do long form interviews which we went ahead and did so you'll be surprised next week uh it's a band from also from new york and uh yeah i'm gonna quit teasing you about it next week's gonna be an awesome episode as well guys check it out rate and subscribe tell a friend and as always we'll see you on the radio Hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Again.